0: You are listening to The Dan Patrick Show on Fox Sports Radio. We're ready to go. A lot to talk about. A lot to recap when we were on vacation. Have all of that coming up. 877-3DP-SHOW. Email address, dp at danpatrick.com. Twitter handle at dpshow. Best and worst of the weekend. What you saw that you liked you didn't like. Your opportunity to be part of the program. Whether you want to email, tweet, dial us up, or all the above. We also have operator. Uh, That's Tyler standing by. Since Marvin has graduated from answering phones now, it's Tyler doing that, adding to his responsibilities of taking care of my puppy every morning and also saying hello to chat row. All right, we got a play of the day, stat of the day, poll question, all of that coming up. Since Seton is in relegation row, Seton has now taken on the responsibilities of uh, the uh, poll question since Fritzy trying to multitask, wasn't able to do that. Epic failure. Yes, it point. was. Yes, it was. <laughs> but uh, Seaton will have the uh, responsibilities coming up here in a moment. Say good morning to our TV partner. That's Peacock. You can stream it and you can join us. You download that app and you can watch for free. We could never charge you for this content. Also, we say good morning to our radio affiliates, including those with uh, iHeartRadio, Fox Sports Radio, and the great affiliates around the country, numbering nearly 400. Just got this letter that was, uh, well, it's a a story that was broken by Adam Schefter and it has to do with Kyler Murray. Now, I do find it interesting that we received this at 845 a.m. this morning. This feels like, let's time this out so we get a lot of run, all the morning shows and uh, Kyler Murray's agent released this or at least somebody released this to Adam Schefter But this is uh, about eight paragraphs, and it has to do with Kyler Murray and his future with the Arizona Cardinals. Well, as I suspected when we first heard about Kyler Murray, and he was deleting all of the references on his social media with the Arizona Cardinals, and I went, somebody wants to get paid a year earlier. Uh, Maybe looks at Josh Allen, goes, well, they took care of him. I've been to two Pro Bowls. You know, we weren't any good, then I came in here, now we're a playoff caliber team, I want to get paid. Are they, are they all in on me? Now, this is what it feels like. Now, I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to paraphrase this, but it's basically through his agent, Kyler Murray is saying, hey, I'm committed to you, are you committed to me? I want to be going to Super Bowls. I, I'm committed, I want you to commit to me now, this morning. Now, they don't have to do it until next year. So, he wants market value. Well, what is market value? Market value now as opposed to next year. And this feels it's a money it's a money grab and we thought this from the beginning. But if you're going to say, "Hey, I want my 50 million a year a year early," and if I'm the Cardinals, I would say, "No, we're committed to you. Look at the team we build around you." This is where you go The court of public opinion. Kyler Murray's committed to the Cardinals. Are the Cardinals committed to him? Question mark. Well, they are. Look at what they did. You know, they got DeAndre Hopkins, uh, Chandler Jones, uh, J.J. Watt. Like, they tried. You know, they just got a coach who doesn't win in the second half of seasons, no matter where he's coaching. But they're improving. They're just not to the point where you go, they're a title contender. Uh, playoff contender, and Kyler Murray played well this year. Not great, played well this year. And I, I this just feels like it's a money grab here, and we want to get paid a year early. Which, okay, I understand it, but the team does. That's why you have contracts. If he didn't play well, what if the team said, uh, you know, we're not going to be committed to you? Uh, you know, it goes both ways here. Baker Mayfield, hey, he wants to get paid now. Lamar Jackson. Well, Lamar Jackson's been an MVP. You know, uh, Patrick Mahomes had won a Super Bowl, been an MVP. He got paid, and he got a paid a year early. Now, if Kyler Murray wants to go, hey, I'll give you a team-friendly deal. How about you commit to them and say, how about a team-friendly deal? They'll commit to you, you commit to them. He's going to want $50 million a year. Yeah, he C- Does this letter land maybe the way it was supposed to? um maybe in the court of public opinion not with people who are smart enough to read between the lines here
1: because if you're reading between the lines essentially you could boil down like the cliffs notes version of this is this team was nothing before kyler got here and now you pay now you owe him yeah you guys were nothing without me yes and now you owe me a bunch of money yes that's essentially what he's saying
0: but they did build around him it's not like they said hey kyler uh, you go out there and try to win games on your own If DeAndre Hopkins doesn't get injured, then maybe we're talking about a different ending to this season for Arizona. But this just feels like, let's release this, leak this at 845 Eastern time. So all the morning shows are going to pick up on this. And here's Kyler. Kyler wants to be here. You know, it's a a slow day. Like, what is the big topic today? Now it is now. You know, baseball, you could talk about the lockout. But, you know, people don't want to hear about labor pains. They want to see the baby. They don't care about this. Kyler Murray, now he's kind of, you know, he put the the Cardinals on blast, as the kids like to say. Yes, Eden. He They refer to Kyler as, quote, rapidly
1: improving. That's, those aren't the words that, like, hey, I'm getting better, so now give me $50 million a year. Because, look, I'm getting better every year. What? Well, you just like you guys, solid and improving. Solid and improving. Yeah, yeah. nobody handed us 50 mil. No, they did that. not.
0: Yeah. Yes, Paulie,
2: And you don't even have to read behind the lines. They have taken a lot of shots at the history of the Cardinals. They said uh, he rose them from a three-win team before his arrival. Uh, Their first Super Bowl win in 33-plus years. There's a lot of specific stats about where the Cardinals were before he arrived and since they got
3: there. Yeah.
0: It's a money grab. I understand it. But, you know, that doesn't mean the Cardinals have to acquiesce to him. But this is definitely a, hey, let's put this out there. Let's see how the media runs with this. I mean, they may run in a different direction than I am, but this is, Kyler, you performed. You're the number one pick in the draft. We were that committed to you. We took a quarterback with the 10th pick the prior draft. We were that committed to you. We brought in the coach that you wanted to play for. We, we brought in some stars, maybe aging stars. But we brought in stars. We, we were trying to build a team here, trying to win. I understand that. Do I want to pay Kyler Murray $50 million a year? And I'm, I'm throwing this out there. Uh, 45, 40, 40, 45. I mean, that's, that's, that's the going rate for a, a quarterback. 45 million, 50 million? No, not a year early. Because then I would say to Kyler, look, we'd like to spend that money and get you better players. And then you can have a career year. And then you're going to be even more valuable. Or if you want to give us a team-friendly deal, how about that? Like, we commit to you, you commit to us. How about you meet us halfway? That's what I would be curious about. Yes, Eden?
1: I'm going to guess based on some of this language, that is not uh, on the table. I don't think so. Team-friendly. Because he says right here, it's like... yeah, should they choose to prioritize their rapidly improving 24 year old, already two time Pro Bowl quarterback who led the organization from three wins before his arrival to 11 wins and their first playoff appearance? Or they can choose to financially prioritize committing to other areas. And he basically says you give him all the money and don't worry about everybody else. Yeah. It's like literally says that.
0: And it says Kyler desperately wants to win the Super Bowl. How many guys would you say desperately don't want to win a Super Bowl? Like, how many starting quarterbacks in the NFL go, eh, I don't know. You know, how about a playoff appearance? I mean, it'd be nice, but it's not the the most important. No, no. Get to a second round, but having $50 million a year, that sounds, I like that better. Yeah, Paul.
2: You know what people are already picking apart is that, like Seton said, he said, rapidly improving quarterback. (laughs) That's not factually true. 20 touchdowns, 26 touchdowns, 24 touchdowns. Basically eleven picks a year. His running stats are about the same. They're very good running stats, but he is not rapidly improving. His his quarterback rating is basically the same for his first three years. Okay. He is also a below five hundred quarterback. He's 22, 23, and one. Now the past two years have been pretty good.
0: Yeah, I don't I don't need to jump in there. I don't know why there's this need that we always look at well, the player wants it, you gotta give it to him. Sometimes if you're a team and you're trying to be have some Uh, economic sanity, then, you know, you just wait. Just say, look, we'll be committed to you. But I would put it back on the agent and just say, you come up with a team-friendly deal and then we'll, we'll give that to you a year early. How about that? Get back to us. We are committed to you. You're the one that deleted all references to the Arizona Cardinals. Doesn't sound like a leader to me. And then he felt like he was the scapegoat? That goes along with the territory. That's called being mature and understanding you are the leader, the number one pick you're expected to be great. And then when things go South, it starts with you. And he's got to understand that this program brought to you by discover real credit card questions require real people. Somebody who understands your issues and works to resolve them with you. That's why discover offers helpful us-based representatives available 24, seven discover exceptionally common sense. Um, What's the poll question we're going with there today, Seaton? Well, Dan, you've got your choice right now between mm. Paul's poll questions,
1: mm-hmm. my poll questions, or Todd's poll questions. Oh, come on.
0: Is it because we just came back from vacation, now everybody's all in on Monday, and then Tuesday we won't have a poll question? Probably. <laughs> I'm Likely. surprised. Marvin, do you have a poll question today? Efforting. Okay. <laughs> Thank you. Thank you, Marvin. Thank you.
1: Uh, What do you have Well, here? Why don't we start off with one of Paul's Uh, most entertaining athlete in all of sports? Steph Curry, Patrick Mahomes, others. I would throw John Morant in there
0: because that dude is just killing it. He's getting there. Yeah, he's getting there. He's you'd pay to go see. him. Yes, I would. But he's not more entertaining than Steph Curry is. You know, he's a different version of you got to see this guy play. All right. What else do you have? Let's go for one from uh, the toddler here. Should
1: home fans boo if their team is playing poorly? Absolutely, let them have it. No, how does that help?
0: Uh, the uh, Lakers uh, they lost to New Orleans last night, and uh, here is Russell Westbrook Jr. the third asking about the fans last night.
1: Does the booing like you know pretty pretty loud, especially at the end of the game? Does that stick with you? Like how do you, how do you handle
0: like, nah. that? Just, like, nah. You don't take that home with you.
1: For take it home? For what?
4: I, mean, well, I got three beautiful kids at my house. My wife I ain't taking it home. They take boo and they take their ass home. <laughs> I ain't worried about that. doesn't bother me none. And that's, that's a part, and I'm not really worried about it um, at all. And that's how I deal with it. So I'm not, you know, I can it, it, it roll off my shoulder and I go home. But as for our team, I have to think it's something that you got to deal with and kind of move forward, so.
0: Okay. It's kind of a tricky question to answer because if you don't care – then the fans are going to go, why are you apathetic? Like, why, why doesn't this bother you? Should it bother you? Now that's another thing, that if you're Russell Westbrook. And maybe you go, you know, it's healthy that it doesn't bother him. I never understood booing your team. They know they're playing bad, as if if you boo them, what? What happens? You feel better about yourself? Hey, we let them know. We let LeBron know. We were not happy that they lost to New Orleans. I'm guessing LeBron's not pleased that they lost to the Pelicans without Zion Williamson. But when you boo them, I never understood that. You guys ever boo your hometown team, Paulie? No, not for one game.
2: Like if you are a good team traditionally, but this has been a long season for the Lakers, and we we always say, be patient. Let's see how it is in February. We're 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 getting to March here, and the Lakers have not improved.
0: Like Trevor Areza's. But in they're not lineup. going to improve. Why? They're not good. They're, they're not good. You got Anthony Davis not there. Russell Westbrook has been a liability. You don't have the role players you once Should had. Should you be booing the general manager in the present? Yes. Yes, you want to boo somebody, boo Rob Polinka, the GM. Although I don't know how that works, where you turn and point to the suite and then you boo. <laughs> I don't know if that's going to hurt his feelings. Yes, Tom.
4: I don't boo per se, like make the boo sound, but I have yelled things like at Bronco games. And the few times that I've gone out there, go like, "It's okay to pass on first down. You don't have to do run, run, incomplete punt every single time. They're gonna figure that out. Run two yards. Run one yard. Incomplete punt." Try to get a first. You can throw on first and second You know that
0: they can't hear you.
4: I know, and usually my seats are pretty high anyway. But you're on a ball on first down. If you don't think the quarterback can handle it, then get another quarterback. You can throw. Try to get eight yards on the first down instead of one. Then we have a better chance to get a couple more first downs. Can
0: you imagine sitting next to Fritzy at a Broncos? Run, run, incomplete punt.
4: Second and eight, third and seven, incomplete
0: punt. (laughs) Thanks for listening to the Dan Patrick Show podcast. Be sure to catch us live every weekday morning, 9 to noon Eastern, or 6 to 9 Pacific on Fox Sports Radio. Find your local station for the Dan Patrick Show at foxsportsradio.com, or stream us live every day on the iHeartRadio app by searching FSR. Or stream us live on the Peacock app. James Harden had a triple double. The Sixers topped the Knicks. Embiid scored 23 of his points on free throws. That's a career high. Last time a player made more free throws in a game was James Harden, who made 24 in a game December 3rd of 2019. Stat of the day, stat of the day. Stat of the day, stat of the day. Here comes that what? Stat of the day. By the way, didn't take long for everybody to be all in on the 76ers. No room, no room on the bandwagon. Two straight wins? You know, I'm watching the game. It's not like they blew out the Knicks. The Knicks were hanging in there with him, but it felt like this, oh, man, Harden and Embiid. You know what? They were made to be playing together. But I will say this with Harden, 16 assists. If if you say Harden is going to be a guy who's going to distribute the ball and then go along with what he can do offensively, then it's great. I mean, this makes the most sense for the 76ers. I don't think it makes them a greater threat to win the title, but it made sense for them. You got Harden with Embiid. They like each other. It's a great two-man game. Pick and roll. They're going to be unstoppable there. But they did lose Seth Curry, who I think is really good, a valuable weapon for them. It's Does Harden want to play? Does he want to play defense? Is he going to be all in all the time? And if he is, then okay, Uh, I'll step aside and let the 76ers uh, roll into uh, the title. But right now, I'm going to wait a little bit. I'm going to wait longer than two games watching. You you beat the Knicks and the Timberwolves. (laughs) I'm going to slow down a little bit. That's all. Just a little bit here. And uh, let me see what happens when Ben Simmons comes back with the Nets. But when we watched Harden with the Nets, we thought, how's this going to work? We're not asking that with the 76ers. But to me, it's the right team for Harden. The GM wanted him, and Bede wanted him, and Bede wanted Ben Simmons out of there. Let me see, because James Harden has been a great disappointment in the playoffs, a, a history of disappointing playoff performances. Yes, Paul?
2: You're being a break pumper. I saw people this weekend, <laughs> oh, yeah. 76ers in the finals, calling it.
0: Yeah. Big time people. Okay. Yeah, I'm, uh, I'm going to be a break pumper You're here. You're poo-pooing. Yes, I, I love to poo-poo. Yes, Seton. Those puzzle
1: pieces do seem to fit a little better for James Harden, though, in Philadelphia than maybe they did in Brooklyn.
0: Yeah. Right? Yeah. But if they lose three straight, then what happens here? (laughs) I mean, I'm just saying that they won two in a row. They beat the Knicks and they beat the Timberwolves. Maybe somehow we can blame Russell Westbrook for that, too. Of course. Yeah. Somehow it's all his fault. Of course. All right, we'll get to phone calls, best and worst of the weekend. Let's settle on a poll question. Uh, did we run through all of the potential poll questions there, C? So Not even close. Oh, okay, let's all go. The all right, let's go.
1: Uh, well, we have more likely to make the playoffs, Lakers or the Nets. Wow. I'm going to go Nets. we
0: we'll go Nets.
2: Yeah, Paul. What a change. A year ago, we would have done most more likely to be in the NBA finals yeah. of those two teams. We yeah. did that poll a year ago. Yeah, yeah.
0: I would say the Nets, when you get Durant back, I'm curious about Ben Simmons. I know Ben talked about that he was going to maybe be back for the 76ers game, and I go, there's no way he's going to be playing against 76ers. Now it looks like you know he's got a sore back, um, so I don't know when he's going to play. But I do think it'll be a different look for them. The question is, is it going to be a good look? And uh, you have Kyrie, who's not going to be able to play in home games. Uh, the mayor of New York City basically uh, held firm with the mask mandate. Doesn't look like he's uh, going to be able to play. Yes. he. He's going to change directions completely. Okay. Uh, how
1: much do you care if Major League Baseball season is cut short? A lot. Not at all.
0: You know what? The people who are in spring training and they rely on this. I mean, those are the people I'm thinking about today. Those people in Scottsdale. And I've been out there so many years. Florida where you're able to, you understand what this means to them, their local economies. As far as the season getting started, how about this novel approach? Let's say the fans go, okay, season's going to start six six games later. How about the fans just go, how about we sit out six games? How about we sit out, we're going to match your six games, okay? We're not going to watch or attend. Just You know, we have no voice in any of this. But then you just say, you know what? You guys don't care about us. How about we do a collective boycott where we're just going to sit out six games, too? How's that? Not going to show up. Not going to watch. Do we get your attention here? Because it's ultimately, it's on the fans. And and the fans are so resilient. You know, we always come back. They expect us to come back. Uh, But I feel bad for the spring training people people who rely on this income there what else do you have seen
1: we have uh, does Kyler Murray deserve a big pay increase right now yes or no or the the sister poll question of that is would you pay Aaron Rodgers or Kyler Murray
0: 50 million dollars a year I would pay Aaron Rodgers 50 million because I know what I can get out of Aaron Rodgers and and you know this was treated as breaking news that Aaron Rodgers wants 50 million like we brought this up. Why not just give him two years, $100 million? If I'm the Packers, I just say, here it is. Do you want to play? Do you want to play in Green Bay the next two years? You're the highest paid quarterback. Here's 50 million a year. Like, I'm not surprised if you said that he wants $35 million a year. Okay. Then it's breaking news. 50 million. That's not breaking news, but it was treated as such with the mothership. But uh, Aaron Rodgers has since denied that and said that I'm not asking for fifty. <laughs>
2: <laughs> asking for fifty-two. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> he should have said that. Yeah,
0: fifty. Come on, uh, come on. is a little light. Yeah,
2: <laughs> he's one of those guys though who's so difficult. He'll ask for forty-nine, nine, 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 nine yeah. round up. Yeah. That's great. It's a bargain. Saved you. Yeah.
1: What else do you have? Saved? Yeah, one more here for you. Uh, if I could sign one broadcaster to my network. Ooh, ooh. Yeah. Troy Aikman, Al Michaels, Tony Romo, Joe Buck, others. Hmm. Neither,
0: neither. So I have a blank check. Well, I can't have Romo because Romo's already signed. But you have Aikman you could get. Al Michaels you can get. Joe Buck, I think his deal is up in another year. So that, those are real possibilities here. But it looks like, looks like Troy Aikman is going to go to ESPN. Does Al Michaels go to ESPN? What if Troy says, I'm going to go to ESPN and then I can get you Joe Buck to join me and maybe he could join us this year, not next year? Because you don't bring in Troy Aikman and then you're not going to bring in Al Michaels or Joe Buck. It doesn't make sense. You got to imagine. As much as I love Steve Levy, Steve Levy with Troy Aikman is different than Joe Buck with Troy Aikman. It's like Jim Nance with Tony Romo you know, the perception of that is we're going to go all in and we're going to give Troy Aikman, this kind of money. Like now what do you do? Like, I didn't understand why. And I, I know it comes down to money, but Troy has enough money. Although listen to me telling Troy, Troy, you got enough money. <laughs> I, I mean, maybe he doesn't have enough money, but you're going to pick up a couple million more, but you're still going to have lesser game. I mean, your, your games are not going to be as great on ESPN. You got one Super Bowl that you'll be broadcasting. I think that's the final year of the deal, if he goes there. And you got to get who's the announcer that you're going to work with. Is it Al Michaels? Is it Joe Buck? And I would say, you know, Fox, you just, all you have to do is do the games. When you go to the mothership, now you're in the car wash. You know, now Troy is going to be on get up. And he's going to be on uh, Pardon the Interruption. And he's going to be on radio shows. Now it's different. And I told this to uh, Charles Barkley and I told it to Steve Young. If you go to ESPN, you have to understand how ESPN is going to use you. Whereas Fox, I think Troy just does the games. That's it. And then you got Thursday night. What's going to happen there? Is Al Michaels going to do Thursday night? Well, he's not going to get Sean McVeigh. I like how Sean McVeigh waited, what, 10 days to tell us that, of course, he's not going to take a broadcasting job. I'm going to guess he probably said to the Rams, I might be taking that broadcasting job because you know what? They're going to pay me twice what you guys are paying me. Oh, okay. You want Arena to go, okay. I'm not interested in a broadcasting job. At least that's what I was told, that Sean was curious about it. But probably used it as leverage to get a new deal with the Rams. Yes, not to get too inside television. Okay, but
1: if you're ESPN, why are you going to throw a ton of money into the Monday Night Football booth when you're also splitting your audience with the Manning cast? I know, I know,
0: I agree. You know, that's why I. Until I talked to Troy, you know, I'd be curious. Okay, you got whatever four million, six million a year more, and that's a lot of money, but. You also have the Manning cast forever. You know, for, We don't know how long. They just re-signed them. And so people are going to be watching that as well. I don't know. Fox was just standalone. You always got great games. Always. And he wanted to be paid. You know, he probably looks at Tony Romo and says, you just got in the business and you're getting $18 million a year? And, and really, it started with Tony Romo. Tony Romo came in on fire. And everybody had to have a Tony Romo. Hey, you got to predict the plays. Collinsworth probably won. are you kidding me? I've been doing this for decades. I win the sports Emmy every year. Troy probably looking at that. I do Super Bowls. This guy comes in. He didn't win any Super Bowls. They're going to give him $18 million a year. And then the analyst and now the play-by-play guys. And this is what's happening. It's it's like the uh, broadcasting portal, transfer portal. You know, that we have with, uh, you know, college players. That's what you have with broadcasters. You're entering the transfer portal. Al Michaels is going to transfer maybe uh, Thursday Night Football, maybe the mothership, maybe Joe Buck, you know, know, gets in the transfer portal a year early. Yeah, Paul.
2: You know, they have 50-year seniors in the transfer portal. What's Al Michaels, (laughs) like a 75th-year senior? He's still got his fastball.
0: Yeah. Here's
2: the big curveball in this is that Jeff Bezos, the world's richest human, is involved now. And he answers to nobody. There's, you know, like the, I'm sure there's a board of directors for Amazon and stuff like that. But it, it seems like Jeff Bezos can just cut checks, and that's where you know maybe Herb Streets using that, maybe Troy Aikman's using that. But you have a new player in town that's got unlimited funds.
0: But if that's the case, then you don't let Troy Aikman go to ESPN. I mean, if you you want that Thursday night, you can outspend ESPN. You could buy ESPN. But I, I think with Thursday night football, you know they're they're looking at Sean Payton and he might be part of the pregame show, maybe not, you know the analyst in a game, and I could see Sean more as an analyst in a game because I want to get in I want I want to be inside a beautiful mind when they're telling you about a game and Sean is you know credited with being an offensive genius. There's also talk that maybe. Drew Brees would be one of those guys, although his star has fallen a little bit with uh, NBC, certainly when he did a game with Mike Tirico. But, I, like, I don't know what the network's... I'm not involved in any of this, but I'm, I'm just curious. Pre-game show, what are you going to do on Amazon? And then Thursday night, who are you bringing in? Because if, if you're bringing in Troy Aikman, I'm assuming you're bringing in either Joe Buck or Al Michaels. I'm assuming that. Thursday night... I'm, I'm curious what they're going to do with the actual broadcast. Because if you can get Al, I mean, Al is still, he's great. And, but I want to see, and Al can make the analyst even better, but I want to see who they're going to pair him with. And I know that there's talk of Greg Olson, who has shown signs of being good. And, uh, you know, who was elevated at Fox, you know, Kevin Burkhart is the name. That probably will emerge here if uh, Joe Buck leaves. Does Fox let Joe Buck out in a year early to go to the mothership? Does that improve ESPN from people's... Per- like, people have this adverse reaction, it seems like, with Joe Buck. That's a big-time voice, and he's a great broadcaster, but it just feels like Joe sometimes, you know, he's a necessary evil to some people. Like, oh, okay. But he's still great at what he does. He just seems to rub people, some people, the wrong way. But the mothership has always struggled with Monday Night Football. And, and, and I did like what it was this year. It was a nice, clean broadcast. And, and if I didn't want that, I got the Manning. So I got really two combined into one. And this is an inexpensive booth. Now they blew that out of the water. Because now Herb Street's going to go. Wait, you're playing. You're paying Troy Aikman. What? Now Herbie's like, uh, maybe Amazon's interested in Kirk Herb Street. Okay, yeah, I see. But there's the one
1: thing about Joe Buck too that you're talking about the sort of love him or hate him kind of quality. Mm-hmm. It really just speaks to how big his voice is. Because after that, the guy say the people that may take his place at Fox, right? And this, I don't mean to be disrespectful, but they're kind of Like, okay, take them or leave them. You know what I mean? It's like, oh, okay. You don't have any type of reaction to them one way or the other, whether it's overly positive or overly negative. It's just sort of like,
0: oh, okay. That's it. Yeah, but if the game is good, I watch. That's all. Like, I'm not going to tune in because Joe Buck and Troy Aikman are doing a game. I may stay longer, but I am tuning in to see the game itself. How many times have you tuned in for a game and you go, I'm gonna stick like Dick Vitale might be one of those guys. John Madden was one of those guys. Al Michaels, when he's doing the game, uh, is one of those guys. But but how many broadcasters do you go? Oh, oh, he's doing it? I'm going to watch. Yeah, see. I don't know if it's necessarily that you watch for them, but when they're there, it feels like a bigger game. Yes, yes. They're broadcasters who do games, and it doesn't feel like it's as big of a game as it should be. Yes, Todd?
4: Have you ever experienced it the other way, where you're like, I've been looking forward to this game, but uh, why does that team doing that game? That's not. Have true. you? Yeah, I'm not going to name names, but there were times where I'm like, yeah. "Well, wait, you just I'm brought not going to throw up. anybody under the bus like that." But, but there were there were times where I'm like, "I thought this game was a little bit bigger of a deal. Maybe it was because <laughs> it was a Bronco <laughs> game, and every game's a big deal." But I'm like, those guys, I'm okay." Right. Yeah, Paul. I guess that's
2: the thing—the bigger thing I don't understand here. Why do you pay uh, Tony Romo or anyone seventeen or eighteen million dollars if they don't affect ratings? It feels like collectively we don't turn on a game or off a game because of the play-by-play man. We ex- we ex- like the experience better but I've, I've never turned a game off or even stayed with him. I'll stay for Al Michaels in a blowout because he's fun.
0: Yeah. So that's an ex- – but that's, that's but we, one. But we know Al. Yes. And, and, and so we like we love listening to Al tell those stories. Yeah, I don't know if I – I remember growing up that I did listen, but I remember listening on radio. It felt like if Vince Scully, if uh, Jack Brickhouse, Harry Carey – uh, Marty Brenneman and Joe Nuxall calling the Reds games. That, Like, I would stay with radio more than I would a TV broadcaster. Or I would tune in because it's radio. Yeah, Paul. Do you think this could be, and I'm
2: answering my own question, more about branding than ratings? Like, you're the worldwide leader in sports, you use that phrase, and your worldwide leader in sports has to have the biggest crew. I, I remember when NBC took over Sunday Night Football. They hired you, Oberman, Al Michaels, Bob Costas. And I remember what what they said is, we want it to be the biggest place in sports, yeah. and they accomplished. It was mission accomplished. Yeah. It felt like the place to be because you guys were there, so it worked for Sunday Night Football, and ended up paying up for them, number one show in America for what twenty years.
0: Yeah, and I think that the NFL catered their schedule to help Sunday Night Football because they thought we had put in the resources. We want you to commit to this as the best broadcast that you're going to have. And they gave Sunday Night Football the best games. And it's because of the commitment that NBC had with their talent. And then you surround it and you do a great job with it. Maybe that's what you know ESPN's trying to let the NFL know. Hey, we have Troy, and if you get Joe or you get Al, can we have better games? Well, the schedule, that's already out as far as you know, what ESPN's getting. getting. And, you know, the number of Super Bowls you're getting. You, I think they get one Super Bowl here. But, you know, that's the rotation. He would have gotten two Super Bowls, I think, at Fox. So, I I don't know. You know, maybe, maybe uh, Troy just thought, you know, I want to be respected here. Who knows? You know, Tony Romo didn't do anything in his career that compares to mine. And he's getting paid this? And I've been doing this? Look, we're all... It's strange in this business, very insecure in this business. You're always looking to see what the other guy's getting. And Troy's probably no different, but this is what agents do. You know, the agent for Kirk Cur- Street could be doing that right now, going, you know, hey, I'm here in uh, Amazon. Really? And then Chris Fowler's going to be going, uh, you know, I'm here in Chris Fowler to Thursday night. Like, who knows? It's, it's just like coaches. You know. Coaches would be like, "Ah, I'm interested. I'm going to take this job. Les Miles was always up for a job. He's like, hey, I'm here in Arkansas for Les Miles. Les Miles might be up for the Amazon job for all I know. (laughs) Thanks for listening to the Dan Patrick Show podcast. Be sure to catch us live every weekday morning, 9 until noon Eastern, 6 to 9 Pacific on Fox Sports Radio. And you can find us on the iHeartRadio app at FSR or stream us live on the Peacock app. Joining us now, the uh, Sports Writer of the Year, Jeff Passan from the Mothership, covering baseball. How about a round of applause, Jeff Passan? Look at that. Congratulations there, Jeff. Now, uh, as your rewarder, you get to cover what's going on in Major League Baseball right now. (laughs) Congratulations. (laughs) Um, Before I get to the baseball issues here, Derek Jeter and the Marlins are parting ways. Uh, Why is that?
3: um hmm, what's the what's the best way to put this? uh philosophical differences are probably the best way to put it at this point, and the degree of those philosophical differences isn't exactly clear at this point, but what's obvious is that Bruce Sherman, who Derek Jeter brought in as the money man, really, when they purchased the Marlins from Jeffrey Loria, uh boy, almost five years ago now um and and Jeter's vision for where the franchise is going was not aligning. And uh, Derek Jeter is Derek Jeter. If he wants to go do something, he can say, uh, peace out. I'm going to go do what I want to do. I've made enough money. I have uh, a great situation and literally anyone in the world will hire me. So uh, I don't know what this means for Derek Jeter's future in baseball and sports. Maybe he goes somewhere else, but uh, he is not with the Marlins anymore. And I think Baseball as a whole is worse off for not having him in it.
0: Who's had a better playing post-playing career? A-Rod or Derek Jeter? Oh,
3: boy. Is A-Rod still under contract with ESPN? Because that might actually change my answer. No, uh, Derek Jeter's <laughs> probably. <yeah. laughs>
0: Wait, you're saying Jeter's had a better post-career? A-Rod's on Sunday Night Baseball, Fox postseason, Shark Tank, uh, owns a Minnesota Timberwolves,
3: uh, yeah. You know what? He's got the, t- the the Timberwolves part. I had forgotten about I, I was just gonna say ownership always beats participation, so I was gonna go with the ownership part of it. But since A Rod actually is still, uh, and, and we don't know what percentage, by the way, he owns, um, it, it, I'm still going with Jeter.
0: Okay. Sorry, all right. <laughs> all right, so uh, give us the Cliff Notes version. Um, don't lawyer this up here. Just give us yeah. what, what, what do we need to know about baseball right now? What's the biggest issue that is keeping us from baseball right now?
3: The biggest issue keeping us from baseball is that Major League Baseball teams and owners feel like they pay players too much Uh, and that players after years of mistreatment, whether it is salaries being lowered over the last four years, whether it's getting their service time manipulated, whether it's free agency changing, indignity after indignity are pissed off and saying, we're tired of this and not going to accept your garbage offer. That's essentially what it boils down to. And right now, Major League Baseball, even though it has gone in the players' directions, On a number of topics being open to a draft lottery saying we'll give you extra service time if you win rookie of the year and a few other things. The money just ain't there yet. And, and the thing that's holding this up then is the luxury tax, which is not a surprise because it essentially has functioned in many ways as a salary cap over the last five years. And all major league baseball teams have wanted going back to the dawn of time and the labor organization in the sport has been a salary cap.
0: What happens today?
3: Um, Major League Baseball cancels the first week of games. And suddenly some pressure is put on the players to say, okay, are we really willing to, to give up paychecks here? Because up until this point, you know, they don't get paid during spring training. They don't get paid during the off season. At this point, it's starting to get serious. And the resolve of players is going to be tested. Let me tell you, uh, this is the most resolute, I've seen players in my 20 years of covering baseball. I understand that it doesn't go back to the 94 strike in the aftermath, but I think the complacency that labor piece brought on among the players has vanished at this point. They are standing behind Max Scherzer and standing behind Garrett Cole and standing behind a number of players, big names who have taken the leadership mantle in the Players Association and are willing to fight because they feel like if they don't fight now, they're never going to win.
0: I I saw this with the Associated Press where they point out that Max Scherzer is making whatever per day, Garrett Mm -hmm. Cole, Max Scherzer driving a Porsche to the meeting as if to say, you guys have enough money. Nobody's telling me what the owners lose each day. And nobody's telling me what they drove to the meetings or flew in for these meetings.
3: I was just going to say, you know what they drove to the meetings, a private jet.
0: Yeah. That's what they drove to the meetings.
3: Yeah. You know, I I think, and and I have a column going up later today, and I I hope you read it because I think you'll enjoy it. Um, Finance in baseball is a zero-sum game, Dan. Money goes either to the players or to the league and owners, and the owners distribute it how they want to. They pay for certain things, whether it's payroll, whether it's capital improvements on their stadiums, whether uh, it's staff, front office, whatever it may be. Um, but every dollar that doesn't go to players goes to the man. And so if you want to be on the side who's saying players get paid too much, then you are fundamentally on the side that says businessmen should get it. Mm-hmm. And, and you, you know, you talk about, Dan, how businessmen bear the burden and run the risk and have all that. Major League Baseball is a legalized monopoly that has revenues that are streaming in every year. If you are in a big market, you have a massive television contract. If you are in a small market, you get all sorts of uh, national television revenues and revenue sharing from larger markets. If you are losing money in baseball, then that's your fault because it's not hard to be a successful businessman in baseball and the very thing you can look at to illustrate that is the fact that Franchises right now, according to Forbes, are worth $55 billion combined when a decade ago they were worth 15
0: What's the worst-case scenario?
3: The worst-case scenario is there's no baseball in 2022. I think there's a small chance of that, but I'll be honest – Four months ago, I thought there was a small chance that we were going to get to this point where games were being lost. And granted, I, I'm still not there that, ga- you know, Major League Baseball could say we're going to cancel games. There's still a month before they're supposed to start, Dan. Like, there's still 31 days before opening day. So the idea that you're willing to have a four-week spring training but not willing to have a three-and-a-half-week spring training, I'm sorry, if they get something done in the next week, I think there's hope for opening day starting March 31st. If not, though, uh, like if this goes goes for a while, uh, I think there are a couple of days that are important. Um, you have to remember, clubs make the least amount of money during the six months of the season in April. So, uh, you know, an operating thought in some players' minds has been, well, are clubs willing to actually punt on April? But uh, as my friend Andy McCullough said. Uh, and a column at The Athletic. Uh, if owners are willing to lose games in April, then why should you tune in in May?
0: Great stuff as always, Jeff. And congratulations on being a Sports Writer of the Year.
3: Thanks, Dan. I appreciate it. Thank you for having me. Where's the award? I believe it's in Winston-Salem, North Carolina, where I'm going to go down and get it this summer. And oh. uh, and, and the, the Sportscaster of the Year, more important... Uh, is the great Scott Van Pelt. So uh, being alongside him, pretty damn cool.
0: Thank you, Jeff. Take care, buddy. That's Jeff Passan, ESPN Senior Baseball Insider. I'm supposed to go down there for that award to pick up my Hall of Fame uh, plaque or whatever it is. I don't know what they give me, but I'm Supposed to go down there for that. Yeah, Paul.
2: Is that that's the same place where you won the award where we went down with yeah. the NBC Jet? Yes. Where Bob Costas kind of talked to us.
0: Yeah. I, Bob Costas got on the NBC Jet, and I think he was surprised to see the Danette's <laughs> on there. It, it's like Bob got on, because Bob, I think, won Sportscaster the No, I won Sportscaster of the year. I think he was coming there to support maybe, but he got on the jet and he looked back and he goes, Oh. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, see, you think you're gonna fire up the PJ again. Yeah, take the whole trip down. We'll get Bob. Yeah, we don't even need Bob to go down in the private jet. Yeah, Paul.
2: And the four of us acted like four guys who had never been on a private jet before. <laughs> We're like playing with all the buttons. Ooh, what does this do? What does they this have do? Reese's peanut oh. butter cups on here. Oh my gosh! <laughs> Dr Pepper unlimited. <laughs>
0: yes, Marv. It's gonna be crazy when we go on the private jet no, no, this year. <laughs> I don't. I don't <laughs> yeah. I, you yawned during the show, so you're uh, probably yeah. not gonna make it. <laughs> Sorry. But you had a good run. I mean, you did. You had about four or five shows, and you got to sit in the front row. I'll take it. Yeah. So no Sandler movie either? No. No. But, you know, let, let's let let it cool off. Let it simmer a little bit here. <sighs> yeah. See? You can't yawn during the show. <laughs> oh, dear. Yes, Todd.
4: Now, what about the eating early on meat Friday? What's happening in four days from now? I'm
0: going to let it simmer right now. Okay, that's fair. You know, this is a Monday. It's a long way away. Marvin's got a chance to rally. But uh, I don't know. That's your first offense. I'm going to do it. You you are?
1: Lie. I'm going to lie about not yawning. Yes. Okay. Yeah. A
0: couple of phone calls in here. David in Kalamazoo. You know where Kalamazoo is, Todd? That would be Michigan. All righty. David, welcome. What's on your mind? That a boy, Todd. How's it going, guys? Hey, Great. Thanks for taking my phone call. That's the sure. worst of the weekend. Um, this whole
2: U of M making themselves look like a bunch of clowns all the time uh, kind of was my best of the weekend, believe it or not. Tuan Howard throws a punch, and he's not immediately let go. <laughs> I mean, following the game, I don't know. Well, uh,
0: it was a slap. It, it was not a punch. To, you know, Just to be accurate here, it, it was a slap. It was a...
2: Okay. I guess... Uh, I guess you're right. It's a slap on national TV. But uh, Todd, uh, he took my best of the work second best of the weekend uh Michigan State, coming back, finally getting a win. But uh, it's funny when you don't turn the ball over 20 times a
0: game, uh, what happens, you know? Yeah. But so. right. well, thank you, David. It's David in Kalamazoo.
4: Home of Derek Jeter, right? Kalamazoo, Michigan. Wasn't he born there? Uh... I think he was born or raised in Kalamazoo, Michigan.
0: All right. Yeah, Paulie. I got
2: Derek Jeter born in New Jersey, but yes, raised in the Kalamazoo area. Kalamazoo Central High School.
0: Mm. The, the Rockets, I think. Uh, Nick in Arizona. Hi, Nick. What's on your mind today?
1: Hey, uh, DP. Nick and AZ here. Six feet, two hundo.
0: Hey? Huh? Hey, just wanted. Sorry, I'm running a little late. I'm in the middle of the meeting. So uh, best and worst <laughs> of the weekend. But best is some shit. Wait, wait what's, what's, the, what's the meeting you're in? Oh, it's our Monday morning staff meeting, and I'm actually running it, so I just have to run oh, out. okay, all right, are you in the meeting Thanks. now? uh no, I had to leave DP shows way more okay, all than right, me. fair enough, okay, so uh, best and yeah. worse best and worse is uh some Cincinnati high school basketball. Turpin High School beat number one Elder on a buzzer beater, which was incredible. Elder is where Kyle Rudolph went to school. Um, and then my worst of the weekend is took my five year old to his first son's game and we lost. Booker dropped thirty and we still lost. So that was devastating. We need C P three back. Right. Thanks, thank you, guys. Thank, Love you, you. Nick. thank you, Nick. His best is Elder losing to Turpin. In in Ohio basketball. Elder, by the way, great. Great football, basketball, high school. Great sport, sports high school. Great, growing up, elder, they were uh, they were tough. Yeah, Paulie. Yeah, Turpin
2: knocked out number one seed, uh, Elder. Yeah, Brady Hardwig buzzer beater three pointer, Dan. That's your territory.
0: Yep, yep, yep. Have you guys seen the warm up video with Steph Curry? That's making the rounds today. Crazy, just watch that, and the effortless movement that he has when he's just shooting free throw line, top of the key, a little deeper, a little deeper, a little deeper on the logo. And then he works his way back in and he, he doesn't miss. So he has that routine and then he just throws one underhand up inside the foul line, about 25 feet up. And of course it goes in. They all, I think he may have touched rim on one of them, maybe. And uh, everything else was just swish. He has this, I don't know if he still does this with Steve Kerr, but they would shoot free throws. And Kerr, one of the great free throw shooters of all time. If you hit iron, that's a miss. You had to swish it. And I think it's the first to make 10 in a row, swishing. No no iron, no rim at all. Yeah, Paul?
2: I count hitting iron as a make for me. That's how bad
3: I am at shooting free throws. If I catch it, I'm like, all right.
0: Even if you bank it in from the top of the key, you're going to count it.